Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 20 of Grow Bud Yourself. We've got a great show for you guys this week. Uh, We've got an update on Northeast Leaf, uh, a new segment called High Praise, where I tell you uh, about some things I'm excited about, um, plus an extra long cultivation segment with uh, grow tent sizing and uh, Q&A from listeners just like you. So stick around. Episode 20, Grow Bud Yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to the show. Uh, It's episode number 20. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong, as always. Uh, Just want to say our uh, hearts and thoughts are with everybody on the West Coast right now suffering from these uh, awful fires. Uh, I hope you're safe and uh, I hope uh, things are okay out there for you guys. It's really rough. Yeah, no, it's awful. Yeah. So uh, and actually, you know, our guest... Uh, had an emergency this week. Uh, so we don't have an interview for you guys, but we do have a lot of grow information and a lot of fun stuff to get to uh, when it comes to cultivation and some uh, some other things. So episode number 20, that's a good number. Yeah, it's very exciting. 20 episodes, man. Yeah. My I goodness. think it took us like three years to do 20 episodes of free weed. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. And here we, we only got four like 21, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> We did 103 episodes, Mike. Only one good one. Right. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, here we are. Episode 20. And very exciting. Our magazine has printed. You guys? That's the the Northeast Leaf magazine you're referring to, right? Correct. Northeast Leaf magazine, issue number one. Uh, If you'd like to see the cover, I love this artwork. Uh, It's by Owen Murphy uh, from One Drop Design Studio. He does a bunch of, uh, you know, poster art for for a bunch of great bands and he's just an incredible uh, like designer company. I think he's done, yeah, oh, he's yeah. done some really big bands. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, widespread panic and mm-hmm. pigeons playing ping pong and pigeons war- playing ping pong. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I hadn't heard of the band before. Oh, okay. This, but, <laughs> Good yeah, band. Check them out. Cool. Yeah. Disco biscuits. Uh, yeah. Disco biscuits. And, and he did our Northeast leaf cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great uh, image. It's incredible. It's, uh, a lighthouse slash bong <laughs> with a couple of waves crashing over some nuggets and then some live plants with these beautiful uh, butterflies and birds that are sort of melting into concentrates and a beautiful map of the Northeast in the background. And No, you failed to mention that the lighthouse slash bong has a uh, all-seeing eye in the center of it, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. We are, you know, we, we are the lighthouse for the Northeast, we are the all-seeing uh, cannabis uh, eye. But weren't you hearing some stuff on, on social media about that <laughs> eye? Well, one person, you know, c- commented that uh, it had an Illuminati feel to it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, to me, uh, it represents something entirely different, which is, you know, Northeast Leaf. Uh, and we want to be the, uh, you know, we want to show the way, just like the lighthouse does. We want to show people... Um, the way to medical cannabis, the way to adult use of cannabis, and uh, we want to be a voice for the region. So it's just exciting to see this amazing cover. If you want to see it, you know, check out any of our social media. 
Um, check out Northeast Leaf Mag uh, on Instagram. And if you want to read the issue for free, you can do so. Just go to issue.com. And it's not issue, but it's issue, I-S-S-U-U.com. You just go to issuu.com and search for Northeast Leaf and you can read the entire issue for free. Uh, so please check it out if, if you're not in the Northeast. If you are in the Northeast, go to your local dispensary or your glass shop, head shop, um, and pick up copies while while they're available because these are going to go like hotcakes. Um, these are going to be collector's items and uh, get them while you can. Yeah, I know it's, it's very exciting both that the issue has come out and to be in the Illuminati and, um, <laughs> and sort of the culmination of a lifelong dream. Um, yes. But yeah, we, we, we encourage you guys to go out and get your hands on the magazine if you are in the area. And if you're not, do read it online. Um, you know, Dan and I, I would say, put a, a moderate amount of work into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. Yes, absolutely. We're already working on October. So uh, very exciting and the culmination of... Uh, a lot of planning and a lot of uh, hard work. So, good stuff. Quite a journey from uh, from the last cannabis magazine to this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So check that out. Um, you know what? It's time for a new segment, uh, never before seen on this show, called High Praise with Danny Danko, and uh, and and people who listen to the show or maybe just know Dan generally are probably aware that you tend to get effusive in your praise of things. Like when you like something, you really, really, really like it. So um, we're doing a segment called High Praise where Dan, who often is high, uh, has the opportunity to praise something that he thinks is really, really great. Do you want to do a couple of these? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one I would say, uh, this is a series that I've been watching on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called Zero Zero Zero, all one word. Uh, this is based on a book, uh, same name, uh, by Roberto Saviano, uh, an amazing writer who writes uh, uh, about crime, uh, primarily in Italy, uh, Nadrancha, the uh, Italian mafia, basically. And if you're interested in that sort of thing, definitely check out Roberto Saviano. The books are amazing, and this is a series based on one of them. So uh, it's an Italian crime drama. Uh, it's a series. So like I said, it, uh, you know, it's got episodes. And it's incredible. It covers sort of the business around cocaine and its movement across all these continents and, and also how popular and expensive it is in Europe and, and how it makes its way around the world. Um, and so there's different, you know, there's scenes from Italy, there's scenes from the United States, there's scenes from all over the world as this product makes its way around the world. And so it's just very interesting. If you liked Narcos, uh, you're going to love this one. If you like, you know, that kind of uh, gangster sort of drama, uh, it's a great series. Uh, I'm actually only about four episodes in right now, uh, but I'm excited to watch some more of them tonight. And uh, yeah, hopefully it stays as good as it has been. Zero, zero, zero on Amazon Prime. All right. That's high praise. What else, what else do you have for us? There's one, I think, that relates to our background as journalists a little bit. Oh, uh, the Politico article. Is that what you're talking about? I am, yeah. Yes. Okay, so uh, there was an article uh, from last week, from Friday, in Politico. I'm actually, there's a picture of me in the article. Uh, it's about high times and sort of, so it's a, a, a long read, uh, a deep dive uh, in 
Politico by Ben Schreckinger. And uh, very interesting, especially to read about something that you lived, you know, at least for the last 20 years or so, uh, and a lot of the history from before that. So there's stuff about the founding of High Times all the way through till now. Uh, and there's a small section there with me, and there's a picture of me. They call me a minor celebrity in pop I was going to say, that was my favorite part of that article, that you yeah. were referred to as a minor celebrity. Yeah, it. in pot circles. In pot circles, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that... <laughs> there's a nice picture of me from XM. Uh, I went to the Sirius XM studios uh, to do a show over there uh, with uh, Who Kid on Shade 45, and there's a picture of me sort of looking startled. The photographer sort of cornered me and put me in front of the, uh, you know, the Sirius XM, you know, studio thing and took a quick shot. And so it almost looks like a, a, a mug shot <laughs> in a way. Uh, anyway, the article is, um, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, kind of scathing, I guess, at times, <laughs> you know, on some of the ownership issues and decision making. Uh, but it's truthful. And um, it's an important history, you know, and it kind of shows what's happening not just, uh, you know, at high times, but throughout media. And I think throughout, you know, industries in general where, you know, corporations are coming in and buying up, uh, you know, companies and then potentially leading them astray or leading them into a different direction or trying to take them, you know, onto the stock market. Uh, just, you know, kind of a bunch of, you know, the idea that it's becoming more corporate, uh, a lot more suits and things like that in the um you know involved in the management and the ownership and things so it's not a problem uh, or a thing that's unique to high times uh, uh but it is interesting to read uh the details of how it all went down and there's definitely some uh you know some groundbreaking work that's done here uh as far as you know answers to questions people had or um inside kind of history that people didn't know uh so it's an interesting read uh, it does talk about, you know, m my issues as far as when, you know, when I left and, and, you know, the use of the name Danny Danko and, and the use of the name Free Weed and all of that. And it gets into that, but it gets into a lot of things. So, yeah, it's uh, as far as um, the history of the of the publication, if you're interested in sort of a deep dive into the nitty gritty, not only of, uh, you know, how it was founded and rose to prominence, but also even the history of the, the person who founded it. And the chairman who sort of, um, you know, headed it for many, many years. It's a really interesting read. And then, of course, after discussing how the company was built up and was thriving and doing well, it sort of talks about the downfall of the company. Yeah, that's true. But also that's, you know, that's waiting to be seen. I mean, you know, there's still a ways to go with the, the story. The downfall part? Well, to, you know, the, <laughs> we can't predict the future, mm. um, but we can tell, you know, which direction things are going. Well, I guess it, it depends on your definition of downfall. I mean, if, you, if you're if you waiting to call it a downfall for when it's completely bankrupt or something is on fire, I agree with you. But I think at, at this point, it's safe to say there's been a downfall because there would have to be, you know, a, a, quite a recovery in order to restore it to its former prominence. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, Mike G's mentioned in it too, so you know they, yes, they didn't the, leave. The company they, parted ways with me. I parted believe. ways. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it also links to our press release for Northeast Leaf, which is great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we got a lot of traction out of that. So thank you to Ben and Politico. Uh, and you know, sometimes the truth hurts. 
and uh there's some stuff in there that's you know hurt, uh you know that hurts to read but uh but it's the truth and it's important that people know uh all of the things and you know i have to say uh i love the brand you know and i i i'm very thankful for at least 15 of the 18 years <laughs> that i spent there uh and i made uh f lifelong friends i traveled all around the world smoking all kinds of free weed and uh i wouldn't trade it for the world uh but again you know things change uh people part ways <laughs> so to speak uh sometimes that parting uh can be not so great and so there it is you know we laid it out and uh it's hard to read about you know something that both of us cared about a great deal uh kind of falling on difficult times but as you said it's, it's a really good article and we would recommend it if you guys are interested in that subject so that was high praise for politico's work over there and uh there's one other thing we wanted to talk about here in this new segment, right? And that yes. is uh, Maine. Yes, they are finally starting retail sales in October uh, in the middle of a pandemic, which <laughs> is amazing. And I do think uh, I got to give props to them for finally getting to that because they voted it in uh, and now they're implementing it. Yeah, yeah it took a minute, um, by which we mean four years. But, you know, they're doing it and that is something... And, you know, I, th I think we would be remiss not to maybe mention former Governor Paul LePage and his role in uh, rat-fucking the legislation that <laughs> called for retail sales initially. You know, you yes. have to remember that um, Massachusetts, California, and Nevada, was it all legalized on the same uh, on the same ballot? I believe so. Well, not the same I ballot, on the same day. Right. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah. And uh, there are retail sales in every one of those states except Maine. But finally, Maine will begin their sales. Amazing. And, you know, I have a feeling that Maine can really uh, become a cannabis uh, vacation destination. I mean, it's already vacation land. Uh, you know, it's already a place where people go, uh, you know, to enjoy the summers, the winters and everything. And so I do think that, uh, you know, especially for the Northeast, uh, that it's going to be one of those places because again, you can go, you can buy cannabis, you can buy edibles, you can buy concentrates. And there's lots of, you know, wide open space, um, beautiful lakes, beautiful mountains, incredible scenery, uh, incredible rocky shoreline, uh, lobster, uh, <laughs> you know, there's so many things. rolls in McDonald's there, people. It's crazy. <laughs> it's true. And an incredibly thriving and amazing cannabis uh, community and culture. So I do think that Maine is going to really appreciate and thrive and prosper from this decision that finally, you know, they're going to start doing retail sales. And I think it's going to help their economy. I think it's not just the cannabis economy, but Maine's economy. So kudos to Maine for finally getting those retail sales going. And I can't wait to get up there, have some lobster, smoke some uh, moose and lobster, the strain from uh, our friends, <laughs> mm -hmm. and just enjoy it. Uh, and I think, you know, it's been a long time coming. Maine has been a medical for a long time, uh, and now uh, it'll be rec. And that'll be, you know, Massachusetts and Maine will be the two states so far. And I think, you know, Vermont uh, as well will be, will be shortly behind. And then, again... Uh, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. What's going on? Let's get this thing done. Let's not, you know, let everyone go to Massachusetts and Maine 
and you know let's get some of that revenue for our states and uh you know fix these roads you know god oh my god the roads are bad and like (laughs) you go to colorado and the roads are great and you wonder why and it's the taxes you know it's cannabis taxes that are paying for that and there's no reason why our roads should be like this go to europe there's not a pothole in sight germany does not have potholes amsterdam does not have potholes but our cities and countries are filled with potholes it's crazy and you know i don't know we just we're spending money on the wrong shit so let's if we're going to spend money on the wrong shit let's have a little bit more money and spend some of it on the right shit and to me that seems like not a partisan issue uh i think everyone's on board with that so there you have it pot for potholes yes pot Um, for potholes mm -hmm. all right well uh and schools yeah and fucking oh there's more you know medical centers Uh and places that help people through especially at this time you know we need help everybody not any particular side everybody needs help and uh cannabis can help simple as that simple as that all right well that that was high praise but it kind of morphed into um something of a rant towards the end but uh that was high praise a new segment here uh yeah and uh we don't have an interview for you guys this week but we do have a, a a a packed cultivation segment coming up next after this short break Hey, you guys, this episode is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and their incredible THC-infused relief rub. Uh, And now this stuff really works. And uh, I know it works because it's made by our friend Outcast, and she needs very, very strong topicals. Uh, So the relief rub is the strongest topical I've ever tried. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, all one word. Uh, DM them for info on the relief rub if you're interested and uh, give them a follow uh they're great people and they grow great cannabis and make great products so thank you to excelsior extracts now back to the show all right welcome back and we have reached our cultivation segment yes we have indeed and um listeners of the show are aware that each week you like to give a uh, a topic that'll help people with their personal cultivation. So uh, what would you like to discuss this week? This week, I would like to help people choose the right-sized indoor grow tent. Now, uh, you know, the benefits of an indoor grow tent, obviously, you know, affordability, um, you're able to you know, afford this thing. Cause you know, some of these things can be very expensive, you know, fitting out a whole room or buying a box or whatever. So, you know, the tents are affordable. They tend to come in kits, uh, that include all the stuff you need. I would say, you know, you don't need all the stuff that's in the kit, including like the hydroponic system. So if you can get it a little bit stripped down, um, that's what I would go with. Um, they're also easy to use. One person can set them up. One person can take them down. They're light proof, waterproof, flood proof, Uh, You would hope, you know, depending on the tent you buy, but, um, you know, make sure you get one that is. Uh, It's easier to control the environment uh, inside the tent than it is in like an attic or a basement. Uh, You know, that's uh, basically the benefits of a tent. Now, if you're a beginner, 
uh, you need to understand understand your strengths and limitations. So, um, you know, start with a smaller size tent. They make two by twos, three by threes, um, four by four is like the biggest I would go for a beginner. Uh, and you also want a light that's not going to generate too much heat. So I would go with either uh, LED, light emitting diode, or CFL, uh, compact fluorescence, or even banks of fluorescence uh, are effective without a lot of heat. Um, for intermediates and expert growers, I would say, you know, step up to a larger tent and uh, you can use HID lighting, high intensity discharge lighting, such as uh, metal halide, high pressure sodium, and especially even better uh, ceramic metal halides, uh, which are more efficient and uh, excellent for this type of uh, thing. But again, uh, you don't want to use a thousand watt light in a three by three space. It's just going to be overkill. Uh, so if you're using a three by three, you know, maybe you want a 400 watt, maybe a 600 watt. Um, I wouldn't step up to a, f a, a thousand unless you were at a five by five, uh, unless you're like a total expert and you have a nice cool grow room. Uh, so we talked about affordability. Uh, we talked about in environmental control. Now it's also about the space that you have and what your budget is. Uh, so there's tents that are huge. I mean, the largest ones are like 10 by 20 uh, and that, you know, you could put four 1000 watt lights in. Uh, but again, that's a really big tent um, and that may be way more than you need. So, you know, consider a two by two or a three by three or a four by four. Those are all great tents. Um, and, you know, consider your budget because it's not just the cost of the tent, but uh, all the other stuff that you're going to need, including uh, the lighting intake and exhaust fans, uh, activated charcoal filtration, uh, and plus whatever type of growing system you're going to employ. Now me, I just recommend, f you know, five gallon buckets with holes cut in the bottom and soil mix uh, that you hand water because that's just the easiest and the cheapest and the most forgiving. Um, you're also going to need to, you know, assess your electrical capacity. Uh, 15 amp breaker is not going to support 2000 watt lighting systems. So I found that like a 400 watt lighting system works perfectly in a three by three tent. Um, as long as the lights are either air cooled and you have plenty of exhaust, uh, fans or a fan to pull that heat out, uh, a four by four space can accommodate a 600 watt system and a five by five could be a thousand. Um, so if you have four or five by fives, meaning, a you know, 10 by 20, uh, then you could step up, you know, to four lights. Um, remember the heat, you know, that's always a factor. If you can have AC in the room that the tent sits in, that's ideal because that'll definitely cool that tent down. Um, there's calculators online that can help you determine the CFM, which is the cubic feet per minute rating that you're going to need on your exhaust fan to replace the air in your tent every three minutes. Uh, Fresh Filters has one uh, online. You can check out that's fresh with a pH. Um, also plant amounts. I mean, you might live in a place where you're allowed to grow four, maybe six plants. Uh, so you want to consider the size of the tent based on the size of the plants and the amount of plants that you're growing as well. Um, so keep all those things in mind when you're buying a tent. Uh, you know, we love the tents from our friends at sweetleaf.com, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. They've got great, uh, selection there. Uh, with the kits included lighting and, and everything. So check them out. You can always get 15% off there uh, with the code. I believe it's Danny Danko or Danko. I think it's Danko, but I've mentioned it a bunch. I'll mention it at the end of the show in our wrap, but 15% uh, off a grow tent 
uh, it's pretty substantial when you're talking, you know, four or five, six hundred dollars. Um, so, you know, just remember that, uh, you know, start off small and you can always work your way up. Okay. Uh, that is very good advice. We appreciate that. And uh, now is uh, the time in the show where we answer some questions from our listeners. And uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, you could send it to info at growbudyourself.com. You could also reach us on uh, on social media, on Patreon, on YouTube. So send us your question, and uh, we'll do our best to answer it here. So why don't we uh, get started? Our first question comes from Robert, who writes... A uh, big fan of the show. I started with Grow Bud Yourself a couple months back, and now I've moved on to the old free weed episodes. Uh, I'm a heavy user, and I'm currently gathering all the components for my first grow. I know from some of the old free weed episodes that you have a son. Uh, my daughter will be 10 in January, and I wondered how you handle smoking and growing at home with children in your home. I know as she gets older and she learns about weed, I will eventually be busted. Uh, So I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, Can't thank you enough for all the knowledge you guys constantly pass along. I can't wait to listen to next week's Grow Bud Yourself. So uh, what would you say here to uh, Robert, advice about children in the home? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, So I do have a son and uh, I don't smoke in my home, but my son knows that I consume cannabis. He knows, uh, uh, you know, that I work... Uh, in cannabis. And, you know, if I were growing in my home, you know, I'd be honest with him about that as well. Uh, This also depends on where you live. Um, Because if you live in a, you know, very intolerant state or country, um, this becomes a much bigger issue. Uh, But in most of the United States at this point, uh, or at least some of the United States, it's not as big of an issue and you can be more honest. Um, but at the same time, you want to be cautious. You know, you want to make sure your daughter knows, you know, this isn't something uh, she should be discussing at school um, or really with anyone outside of the family. And, you know, I think honesty is the best policy because, like you said, they're going to figure it out anyway. And hiding it from them is going to create all kinds of additional issues um, in your relationship with your child. Um, so for me, I choose to be honest, you know with my son, as soon as he started asking me, daddy, you know, you know, what are you, you know, what, are you smoking cigarettes? What are you doing? Uh, you know, get busted a couple times and, and then, you know, sit him down and say, look, um, you know, this is something that daddy does. It's, it's medicine. It's not for kids. Um, but what was helpful for me, actually really helpful was the book called it's just a plant, uh, which is by Ricardo Cortez. I sat him down, we read the book together, uh, and he came to understand from reading that and from our conversations that it's, it's you know, it's not a big deal. Not only that, um, it, it, it's a medicine and uh, it's illegal for the wrong reasons. This is an important thing that you have to explain. You can say, you know, that there are sometimes laws that are wrong. And, you know, I told him, you know, part of my job is basically the conversation ended with, OK, so I consume cannabis. And then I said, Uh, And there's more (laughs) because, you know, it's my career and I've worked at this for a long time and it's my job and it's my passion and, you know, uh, and it's important. And so if you're honest and I I think, you know, um, your your daughter should understand. And again, I think, um, you know, thank you for the kind words about the shows. I'm glad you're going back and listening to the old shows. I'm really proud of of what we were able to accomplish uh, with those and with this show. And, uh, 
you know, again, consider, you know, where you are and consider, you know, what type of relationship you want to have with your, your daughter as she grows older, cause she's going to figure it out. So you might as well be the one to let her know and not hide, you know, like I said, just be honest. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we, we hope that helps you out there, Robert. Um, Let's move on to uh, an email from Chad Westport, our boy Chad. Yeah. Uh, yes, he writes, um, hello, Mike and Danny. Thanks again for all you do. I enjoy the show every week. I have a cannabis question for the show, but it is about personal growth, not plant growth. Uh, my question is, if a person wanted to become a well-published and well-respected cannabis author online or in print, uh, what is the best roadmap to achieving that success? Uh, I create cannabis content utilizing the knowledge and research skills I developed while completing a two-year sustainable agriculture and small farm systems program. Uh, my topics range from lighting to soil to increasing yields, and uh, I would like to become a regular contracted contributor to the new Northeast Leaf. I have a grow room and uh, retail experience in the regulated markets, combined with previous years as a medical provider in Washington State, uh, my enthusiasm and thirst for knowledge never wane, and uh, I enjoy—I would enjoy being part of your team. How can we make this happen? So um, I know a lot of people uh, want to be involved in the cannabis industry, not necessarily as as cultivators or bud tenders, but maybe on the um, on the journalism side of things. What what would you say to Chad? Yeah, um, I would say you know you just got to get your foot in the door. You, you can't you can't you're not going to be respected and well-published until you have a, a bunch of articles under your belt and you've taught people and they've learned something and uh, it's benefited them. So uh, whether you have your own website where you put out this information or uh, if you reach out to different uh, companies, you know, there's Northeast Leaf, but there's plenty of other uh, cannabis media companies. Ours is not so much focused on cultivation, uh, at least not at the moment. It's 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 much more uh, about the, the cannabis industry, the cannabis uh, consumers, the cannabis scene and stuff, and not as instructional as, you know, uh, I guess things used to be at high times. Uh, but again, you know, uh, the important thing is just to be, you know, to write well, be concise, use action verbs, uh, you know, make it more about how to and step by step and less about, uh, you know, I did this or I did that, um, you know, uh, consider the listeners uh, and the readers, you know, and, and try to cater towards what they're interested in and what's pop, you know, what, not what's popular, but what's uh, important and what, uh, you know, what kind of information people are clamoring for. And uh, on that note, you know, it doesn't hurt to understand SEO, uh, which is search engine optimization uh, in the way that you write. Sometimes it's helpful uh, to have certain things in the title of your article uh, that will help in the search engine optimization. Sometimes the article itself can be fashioned in a way that helps with that as well, uh, with internal links, external links, things like that. But there's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, I would say just get your foot in the door somewhere and just crank away, write, 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 uh, produce information. If you have to give it away, give it away at first. Um, but that that's the way you make a name for yourself. And eventually, um, people will, will come to you and, and wanting more, more of the same, more of that information. Uh, don't limit yourself just to how to and step by step though. You should do strain reviews. You should do, uh, anything that you think is 
something people are interested in and relevant. And I think that's the best advice I can give. And uh, try to get as deep as you can into it. And and uh, but also keep it simple. You know what I mean? So people can digest it easily and aren't too intimidated by it. Uh, but you know that's that's my advice. Sounds good. Well, thank you, uh, Chad. We appreciate you sending that in, and uh, you know we'll we'll be uh, in touch with you uh, individually a little later to give you some uh, some additional information on the Leaf Magazine contribution stuff. So let, let's move on to uh, D Man. D Man writes, uh, "Hello, cool hipsters. I would like to know if an autoflower plant seeds itself. Are those seeds viable?" Uh, over the years, after harvest, I'll find a couple of uh, seeds, and planting them the following year, they turn out to be better than the original plant. Uh, it seems that there must be an unseen male flower that pollinates the female flowers. Uh, the genetic traits are exactly the same, but more robust and larger. I understand that autos are not as stable as regular plants and can become Hermes. Thanks so much. So, so what would you say to D-Man? Yeah. Um, well, autoflowers can can seed themselves. Uh, you're saying, but also it sounds like maybe your autos are being pollinated by a male plant that's not in your garden. Um, so there's a, a number, a variety of things that could could be happening here. Um, the plant could be slightly hermy and could be seeding itself, or like I said, it could be uh, receiving male pollen from you know down the road. You know, those seeds are going to be the progeny of your female autoflower plant and whatever that male pollen is. So whether they're viable or not really depends a lot on that male. Um, what it sounds like is the male's okay because you're planting the seeds and they're turning out better. And I think that, you know, that also has to do um, with hybrid vigor. So you're saying the genetic traits were the same, but more robust and larger. And to me, that seems like hybrid vigor, in which case I would say the autoflower plant isn't seeding itself. Uh, but is it just catching some stray male pollen in the air? Uh, yeah, I mean, if the plant if the plants are improving year after year, then you don't really have an issue, and they seem to be something that's kind that seems to be viable uh, as long as you're seeing improvement. But the truth is, uh, most of the time, when you know females are pollinated by random stray male pollen, uh, they are not very useful seeds that come out of that union, just because uh, it's like with anything. Um, it's just super random. And so certainly, you know, one in a million times that could turn out to be something super incredible. But uh, the majority of times you're just going to have something kind of muddy uh, genetically. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I would answer that. I mean, uh, certainly autoflowers can can make seeds and there's different reasons why they would, whether they were self-pollinated or pollinated by uh, a random male from somewhere, like I said, down the road or, or up the hill. All right. Makes sense. Uh, thank you, D-Man. We appreciate that question. And so let's uh, move on uh, to Scott, who writes, Danny and Mike, good afternoon and hello from Michigan. I'd first like to extend a uh, thank you on behalf of all the new growers for producing such an informative and amazing podcast uh, and interviews week after week. I travel frequently for work, and it's a blessing to be able to use that time in the car to learn how to grow the best cannabis I can. My question for you today is regarding reusing soil. Uh, I'm an indoor grower, fairly new to growing in general, having only completed two cycles with autoflowers so far. 
On my second run, I tried to keep everything as simple and organic as possible and chose coast of main soils as my medium. After harvest, I emptied my used soil into large plastic totes for storage, and I plan to reuse with my next growth cycle in a few months to knock down the cost a bit. I have read earthworm castings are great for amending soil, but I'm wondering what recommendations you have to replenish key nutrients and improve soil conditions for future use. Uh, also, is it best to amend soil and let it sit in storage for a while to cook before transferring to pots to use? And is plastic totes a good means for storing soil for extended periods of time, or would I have to worry about the soil drying out? So uh, what would you say to Scott about reusing soil? Okay, um, you know, this isn't something I used to recommend uh, just because of, you know, potential uh, pest issues or pathogens. But if the soil, if you didn't have any issues with pests um, and your plants were healthy, uh, there are ways to reuse some soil. And I think uh, you're on the right track by using something like earthworm castings. I think uh, compost is very important for this purpose. Um, that coast domain soil that you're using is great. And, uh, you know, anything that, you know, anything you can add, uh, including things like green sand, uh, seabird guano, uh, uh, liquid fish, uh, uh, dried seaweed, things of that nature are all really great. Um, you may also want to add a, a little bit more perlite. Um, but, you know, really what the soil is uh, is, uh, something that holds your roots. And so you're going to be adding nutrients after a while. So you're going to, if you're even reusing soil and you're amending it, then, uh, eventually you're also going to go be adding nutrients in your nutrient solution after, you know, two, maybe three weeks, uh, of just watering with plain water, the soil will be depleted and you'll need to add more, more plant food. Um, it's just important that if your plants were diseased or um, there were pests that you probably shouldn't reuse the soil. Uh, now, if you're letting it sit in, in uh, like Rubbermaid tubs, that's fine. Just don't have those tubs anywhere that's like excessively hot uh, or, you know, uh, for that matter, super dry or super humid or super freezing cold. Um, just, you know, a cool, dark place is fine. And, um, you don't have to really worry about it being dried out, but I would say before you start using it, you know, you want to moisten it all up and uh, you want to ma just make sure you replenish the key nutrients. And if uh, you think that it needs nitrogen, then, you know, you want to add nutrients that are high in nitrogen. And if you think it's uh, phosphorus and potassium, then add those. Certainly CalMag is, is a great thing to always have. Um, and, you know, Costa Maine makes products, uh, you know, like lobster compost and seed starter and things like that, that you can also, uh, use to amend your soil. As far as letting it sit around, uh, it, it doesn't really hurt, but I would say just get to using it, um, ASAP because again, if there's beneficial, uh, bacteria and microbes and things like that, you want to take advantage of them being there and not let them, um, you know, dry out and sort of, uh, die away. All right. Very good. Uh, thanks, Scott. We hope that helps you. Let's. We have time for one more. So let's go to uh, Doctor Smokes Too Much. Uh, last week we gave him some advice on uh, on his inability to enjoy edibles. So uh, Doctor Smokes Too Much writes, "Dude, your response to my last question was priceless. Um, <laughs> I was excited to share that my question was picked. 
I showed my wife and she died when you mentioned suppositories. Uh, but I will stick to smoking and thanks for the response. So <laughs> we tried. We tried to get him on the suppositories. It didn't work. <laughs> anyway, my question is about high pressure aeroponics. Uh, I'm in the midst of building one. I just can't seem to find a lot of information on it. So my question is about the root chamber, and uh, is it okay to trim roots to avoid interrupting the misters? Uh, because I plan on having four plant sites on a 3x2 container, and I want to avoid root entanglement. So, uh, you know, are there any books or articles on aeroponics that aren't commercial-based? And just how weird is it that deep water culture and ebb and flow systems are mentioned but rarely a true high-pressure aeroponic system. So what would you say to Dr. Smokes Too Much? Yeah. Um, well, I think they're not mentioned so much just because they're very difficult to, you know, manage. Um, I mean, you have to make sure that that, that mist is constantly present, uh, you know, doesn't stop uh, so that the roots, you know, keep, keep getting that constant misting. Uh, and lots of times those misters can clog and things can happen. Pumps can shut down and... Um, so there's issues with it. Um, you just have to maintain it. It's like driving a Ferrari, you know, you just have to keep it really tight and everything dialed in. Um, as far as books and articles, I'm sure there's, uh, articles. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen any books specifically about that. Um, as f and trimming roots, uh, you can trim roots as long as you don't, you know, go too heavy with it. Um, with an, with the, high pressure aeroponic system those roots are growing so fast uh that you're not really going to do much damage uh to your plants by trimming the roots uh but even if they do get entangled it's not that big of a deal because they're getting a constant mist of nutrient solution the important thing is just to maintain that nutrient solution so uh you know maintain the ph of it maintain the parts per million maintain the temperature of it very important because uh, one of the things about those pumps and, and, and misters is that they do heat up that water. And if you get it up to like 80 degrees, you're going to get root rot. And so that to me is the big issue with, uh, with aeroponics and, you know, along with clogging misters and things like that. Uh, but as long as you're on top of it, I would say, you know, if you have more than one mister, that's a good thing because, you know, you, you're, you have a fail safe against, uh, the you know the mis one mr clogging and you can go back in and fix it uh and yeah just make sure you have a good pump good system good misters and you know you can have those plants in that one in that one site and you'll just see explosive root growth and explosive plant growth when things are fully dialed all right very good uh we hope that helps you out with the uh, aeroponics system uh, that does it for the cultivation section, but if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, please do get in touch with us. Uh, email is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and wrap it up? Let's do it. Alright, so there you have it guys, episode number 20. Uh, this is the wrap. I want to say thanks to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Uh, thank you to everyone we are working with uh, at the Leaf Nation. Um, thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Um, the Sweet Leaf discount code is Danko15 for 15% off. I mentioned that earlier in the show um, on the grow tents and nutrients and lots of other stuff. Um, also moose and lobster, the strain, uh, was from dynasty genetics and, uh, 
yeah, I hope you guys learned something. I hope you figured out the right size for your grow tent. And I hope you enjoyed episode number 20. What, do you, what about you, Mike? Oh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was very nice. Good. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, stick with us on Patreon as well at patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, remember that GBY code on vapor.com for any of your vaporization or CBD needs. Yeah. Also, you know, if you guys are enjoying the videos or if you uh, aren't aware that we, we sometimes do videos, um, check those out. You know, we want to keep that going. So yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel, grow bud yourself, YouTube channel. Exactly. Yeah. We just did one, um, with Sarah J who was a, a guest last week. Dan talks to her about, you know, certain products that uh that that he's interested in that she um creates so. intimacy intimacy yeah exactly exactly and uh yeah man yeah episode number 20 i think uh it's wrapped up let's put it in the books 